You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so uh, welcome to the uh, show. I just want to say, if I make funny noises during the show, like slobbering or weird noises like I'm in pain, I've got mouth ulcers in my mouth. Oh, I thought that was going a whole different direction. Uh, lucky, unlucky me. <laughs> yeah. I've got uh, mouth ulcers <laughs> I had my in my whip mouth. and my chains all already. So I was just saying... Slobbering uh, and pain. If you hear... Um, but no, it's canker sores. It's because there's a lot of... No, mouth ulcers. Mouth ulcers. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Ew. And they what? really suck. And I looked up... Um, I've, I've, I've had mouth ulcers my entire life on and off. And I... Every... Well, and every time I get them, I go and... We call them canker sores. I go and look on the internet to see um, other people who have them, if there's any interesting way of getting rid of them. And there never is. And everybody who goes to the doctor, the doctor tells them that there's no research being done in that field, and we don't really know anything about it. It's kind of weird to me. It is a weird thing. Because it ain't just me who suffers from them. No, and it's people... Like, you have an aunt who has... You didn't speak to her for, you know, nearly 20 years, and then you find out she has the same thing. So... And then we did change... After you stopped eating meat, stopped drinking Pepsi every day, um, you changed your we changed your toothpaste and we got you that Peroxidil stuff for rinse in your mouth. It seemed like you had them under control. I am on some new toothpaste now. Oh. I was thinking maybe that could have something maybe? to do. Maybe? Oh. You got me a different one for some... What like, do you have before? We'll get it. Because that can... De- cause people the one say, I had before was just standard Colgate, but you got me like a new nighttime pe- formula or people something. People say... Toothpaste has a lot of chemicals that can make sodium laurite people. something. It is, and it's like a um, scrubbing agent. That's got to be it then. Because you've had them again it. the last couple of weeks. Oh, my fault. So, yeah, and that toothpaste I've only had like a month or so. Ooh. Could be that because it's weakening your mouth. All right. Anyway, this is not <laughs> Dental Hygiene Weekly. This is um, after the show uh, number one hundred and thirty-five. This is Sunday, August the fifteenth, two thousand and ten. And the movie we're going to be looking at this week is The Square on Blu-ray. Uh, it's a 2008 movie, 2010 Blu-ray release. It's out on Blu-ray Tuesday the 24th of August, which will be this Tuesday. And uh, Or Tuesday. I wonder why it took so long to uh, come to um, DVD and Blu-ray. Two years. Crazy. It's one of those pe- films, isn't it? Um, and it's from our friends at Sony. And you are going to tell us what it's all about. Did you say it's Australian? Yes. Did you mention that? I wasn't well, re- actually listening. No, I didn't say it then. But. Right. Well, it's an Australian movie from the Australian Film Council. Like, so maybe that, you know, when it's not a big budget When it movie got, um, in 2008, it was released in the US theatres in two screens. Oh. <laughs> I'd say that's cute, but that's very <laughs> condescending. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason why, because it's good. It's good. Yes, it's perfect. a tale of bad choices... Um, infidelity there's some um, I don't want to give away a lot because a lot of the elements that are there are the, the surprise of it or the thing of it coming into the stories where it makes it really interesting so let's say there's infidelity there are characters who are some are super assholes you got the jerk off well there's Australia but people know what a redneck is with the mullet and the shady deals and you know potentially woman beater kind of guy and then you've got this other kind of psycho guy with the young girlfriend who's willing to do dodgy shit 
but he seems, I don't know, he's like interesting, really interesting, that guy. And in the mix of it, it's like one choice from one person to another to another, all crimes, some violent, some not. It's all about money. It's all about... And in the end, it's just people making really shitty decisions. And it's kind of on the down low. It's got a, a good pace. That sounds really obnoxious. But I mean, as in, it's not a big action flick you know, or anything. It feels really grounded, really believable. Let's get on to the movie. Cause you, the, would you agree? You don't, there's a lot of things you don't want to yeah. like give up. But it's just what, a... One of the things that struck it's me... It's a cautionary tale, for sure. Yes. One of the things that struck me going on to the movie uh, is... The um, the pace, like you said, and the direction and the how it looks reminded me a lot of um, Coen Brothers movies, which mm-hmm. I love. Like oh, No Country for Old Men. It's yeah. really um, like very almost slow pace. Like, is that is that a Coen Brothers movie? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men. I'm thinking of specifically because it has this. Very minimal music used. Um, very atmospheric, like you're really with people. Very deliberate. Everything is deliberate. Um, real long shots of people walking from the car to a location. Like, it's like you're with people on yeah, the shoulders. Yeah. Like the wrestler, even. You know, like... Yes, yes. Like, you, like you're like you just a, a, th- a character in that scene, just being there. And that's... When I started watching it from the first... well. About five minutes in, I was like, I'm going to dig this because I'm, I'm feeling it, yeah. the Coen Brothers um, type of... That's well, the that thi- doesn't make it good. No, well, yeah. what I'm getting at is what I like about the Coen Brothers' direction is that it's very realistic, the portrayal of stuff. I mean, you it's not glossed up. It's just, you know, from all of, all of the Coen Fairly Brothers raw. stuff, here is... Um, it's about the character, not the environment, really. And, um, I disagree with that, because I think this environment is totally humongous in this movie. You've got a construction site, you've got shitty houses, you've got, you know, homes of people that tell their whole story. And they might only have two lines of dialogue, but you've seen where they live, you've seen what they drive, the place of it, the long drives, the nighttime, the rain. I disagree. I think the place is huge. I think what's interesting about this uh, movie, too, is it's kind of a low budget kind of movie and you know like so, like Wes Anderson for instance like he o- like overdresses sets yeah yeah but that's cool because it's his thing right well this is like almost like they didn't dress sets at all they just here's a house yeah, how it is yeah. and let's just use it or they like, went into the construction trailer you know there was a trailer for the supervisor or the manager guy and it's just how it is somebody goes hey can we use your trailer and they walked in because that's it's how just I felt that's how real it and, feels exactly and like, that nobody, tells you nobody carefully put a calendar on a desk and then a globe and like, n- none of that like it's just like real minimal like here's a it's not design. shot like realistic or anything. It's not shot like, uh, you know, shaky cam or anything like that, no. where it's like documentary. We're just saying they've made it so that you're, you're plunked into the real world with the people. You and it tells feel, loads about the story. Yeah, and it feels like grungy and just real life kind of thing. Not all. It's not hyper glossy. Nobody seems like they're super well off or it's just average people. Well, no. Let's agree, because that's kind well, of the main <laughs> That's but the main they don't theme seem of one that person. Way, is what I'm saying. It's like it just feels like people. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody's a little bit reduced 
to the choices they're making. You can see why they're choosing things. One person's got a lot to lose. One person wants to get out. One person just wants to keep what he's got. One person's just got their own little world they like to dominate. This guy over here just wants to do the right thing. You know, but... And then you kind of see where he's coming from in terms of his clothes and his car and maybe his lifestyle. But you really are reduced. One-on-one, conversations, altercations, people making decisions for their own. Everybody's selfish. Like, everybody is selfish. Almost everybody. You get very few. So I really like that. Because you're not, you're not wallowing in their... You get a glimpse of their lives... Because of where you're at. But a lot of it is out on the road. You know, driving in vehicles. At the construction place. So you're just down to like how they behave with each other. I really like that. It's like really deliberately. Um, like. It's almost like. Not like it could be a stage play, right? Because it's not made that way. But a lot of the scenes with the people. The individual altercations. and that could, you, It's like you could strip everything away. And just be left with them. Yeah, that's what things. I was going at. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't... The, the What they're saying is what they wanted to convey, not how cool their apartment was. Yeah, and yet the thing is, you still find out everything about them. In, a, in one second, when you've walked up to the front door, you're like, oh, right. <laughs> I know this guy. Before he has to even say anything. That, and that's why, that's why I was likening it to the Coen Brothers. This detail, yet yeah, it's... The pace is is de- it's deliberate. It's yeah. sl- it's a slow pace. It's like a slow burning movie, like, and Coen Brothers movies the same. Um, sh- like it's almost like most movies they start with something, the shit hits the fan, and then they pick up. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is almost like a monotone thing. It's like even it's- when the shit hits the fan, it still carries on in this. And you feel tension and threat. Yeah. I think from minute one. Yeah, you do. Are you really Just from, do. Uh, in fact, that's that's one of the things I wanted to know. There's like a couple of characters that they introduce. They basically say nothing. There's some looks exchanged and stuff, and you immediately understand. Okay, I'm scared of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good because they didn't even need to say anything. Um, but yeah, what I'm saying is this movie, the shit is the fan, like any movie. Yeah. You know, it gets dramatic at, at points. I don't want to give anything away. But even when it does, it still has that feel like the beginning of it did, where it's just you're following some people and it's getting a bit. You're walking on eggshells, tent. You're walking on every every around every corner. It is, and it's not even like you're trying to figure out any twists and turns or anything like that. It's not like that kind of tension. It's not a thriller. It's not a whodunit. None of that. It's more like these people from the first time you meet them have the potential. To do very bad things <laughs> that we're not necessarily seeing or knowing about, but you just feel every little exchange between people. You're like, oh god, somebody's gonna get punched or somebody's gonna say and, the wrong thing. And oh. often, what you think it's kind of brilliant, actually. I was gonna I say often what you think is going to happen isn't necessarily what happens, and that's also good because it is means it's not predictable. Because there was plenty of times when I'm like, okay, mm. and then I'm like, right, uh, really, <laughs> but that's not what I was thinking. Um, so that you know, so well written, um, really well directed. That's the thing that kind of um, struck me: the, the way it looked and the way it was constructed, shot, the, shot to shot. I think the performances were fantastic. Oh yes, they really were. And, and another thing about when you see a movie like this one's an Australian movie, and you don't necessarily know everybody, 
feel that's often the best. Oh, it is. And thing. I knew nothing about this movie. I mean, that's we, a subject to talk about because I absolutely knew nothing. You'll see some faces that you recognize. And I love that. Because, I, I mean, the opening scene happens, and I have nothing in my brain. I have no trailer. I have no... I don't know who's in it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know if it's a horror movie or a comedy or a romance. And if you've never done that before, if you're the type who's like, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta sit there knowing that there's gonna be an explosion and there's gonna be romance and there's gonna be a guy swooping a woman up on her arm and there's gonna be a... this. If you're... Take a break from it. Go on Netflix or Blockbuster or wherever you get your online movies or go in the movie store, if you still go to a movie store, and seriously, pick a movie you know nothing about. You know, if you like horror, fine. Go in the horror section and pick one if you if that's really what you like, because I'm not saying pick a movie you're going to hate. I'm just saying, don't know who's in it. Just sit down and don't start... And don't give me this bullshit about, well, I don't want to waste two hours of my life. Really? You don't want to waste two hours of your life on a movie. I, I hear that but, quite a lot. That's such bullshit. Yeah, what, do you know? Shall we make a list of all the other things you do to waste your life? Like, Instead of the opportunity. Like, while, like okay, so <laughs> you were going to what? Like, watch Lethal Weapon again? <laughs> or Star Wars? Or just watch, watch some shit on TV and like... You, maybe you were going to sit on the couch for two hours, right? Watching television. During that two hours, you'll have watched 45 minutes of commercials. Yeah. Is that a waste of your life? And flipping from one show to another or watching some fucked up shit like some Bronx bullshit or whatever that show is, Jersey Shore or some other reality crap. I mean, that, yeah. Or you can watch... Just pick a movie at random. If you pick a random movie, there's a 50-50 shot of it being a load of shit or being good also. Well, that's pretty good odds. I say more like 80% chance it'll be crappy, but... Yeah, there's a lot of shit in movies. But the crappiness isn't the point. The point is the sensation of sitting there, and you probably should do it alone. Because if you're sitting with somebody else, you're going to be going, Oh, what's this crap? Oh, what's he going to have? Oh, what's this about? Just sit there alone, watch a movie. You and I wouldn't, but a lot of people would, right? Like, look at each other and giggle because they don't understand what's happening or whatever. Or they don't know who this starring person is. Just get it. Relax. And think of... I don't know. Just let it happen. Don't judge it. And if it sucks, it sucks. I mean, I can't account for every single movie, but, like, I don't know. It's a wonderful thing. It's like going to a play that you've never heard of or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, most plays I would say are like that, that I've ever So this movie, to. I would imagine, in the U.S. is, um, I mean, it's only just coming out, on, um, and it was only on two theaters. I'm imagining not many people got to see this yet at all. Right? And I'm when he, kind of a hypocrite because I'm sitting here talking about it and then expect people to maybe watch it, but I'm telling them about it. <laughs> and, when it and when it comes out on Tuesday, I would say a lot of people who go into the new releases aisle will, also, will go, I've never heard of that, and not buy it either. Right? That's what happens with... That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, say, there's Date Night with Steve Carell that comes out on Tuesday, and The Square with a guy you've never seen in your life on the cover. It's not... It's going to get bypassed yeah. also... I, Maybe we I should say, put out the challenge to every week when you see this podcast on your list, if you listen every week, instead of using it as a, they're going to watch this and I'm going to decide if I'm going to watch it or not, watch the movies we talk about and then listen to see what we say and see if you agree or disagree. I mean, to me, that's even that's way more exciting. On this one, you would have to uh, wait. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to wait. Start till. next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I, I I really dig this movie. I, I, I dig it. It's my kind of movie though, because I like. My stomach was churning. I felt actual react. Like I was actually like, I gasped a couple of times. I was like, oh my 
God, oh my God, like that kind of thing, you know, where I was like all tensed up and I loved it. I love that feeling. Uh, this kind of movie I really like. There's a lot of movies like this kind of movie where it's a slow moving, would you call it a thriller? Uh, kind of like it's not a whodunit or anything like that. It's no, like it's a, not like a thriller in a, in like. I mean, it's not. You're not. I don't know. How it's to like a drama. It. It's drama. Uh, the, firstly, was it violence and language as you are told at the opening? <laughs> Do you know a movie that is kind of like this movie that I love? I mean, in terms of pacing and how it goes down. In addition to your recommendations. Yeah, I'm just saying a movie that is Boogie Nights. Mm. It's really, like, low-key. Um, it's telling a story of a group of people. It, The shit is the fan mm-hmm. during it. Yeah, it still feels grounded. It never gets, like, crazy. I need to see it again, because you know what? I forget a lot of it. It's amazing, Boogie Nights. But, yeah, that, that's a movie that reminds me of... I mean, obviously, that's about the 70s porn industry... And this is I was going to say too, Paul Thomas Anderson has a very deliberate. Yeah, that's why I like his and his does that. thing. Yeah, all of his. When you that. think about Punch Drunk Love, there's a lot of you're basking in the moment of that person. There, like when a moment, like in this movie, there's a lot of these moments. There's a person who's just made a decision, right, or, or choice, and now you get the several seconds aftermath of just that person in their thoughts. And their reaction to what they've just done or said alone. And you get to soak it up with them. Or something's just happened and there's not like a big shitstorm. It's just like something's just happened and now that person is isolated, alone, and just reacting. Not like action, more like fuck. Emotion. Yeah, like you get to see it. And that, I, and you're just like, you're totally drawn in. Like, oh my god, that's like, how would I... You get a chance to feel it instead of just like boom, boom, boom. Oh, it happened. Now we're going to fix it. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to react to it. I really like that. And it, it's not an overly long movie like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie generally is. <laughs> this isn't. This is like an hour and 40 minutes. But I feel like there was, it, it gives you enough time to experience everything rather than rushing stuff just to get to the point. Wow, it seemed really longer to me in a good no, way. Not. In a really good way. It was so full and satisfying. And the other thing I loved about this movie... Is I don't know if this is a um, what Australia is is really like, but Australian men have awesome hair and facial hair. And he's being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. It's it's almost like you like mullets and beards. No, listen to me. It's almost like <laughs> you know what the style of Australian men in this movie, and a lot of the Australian men in this movie are like you say, kind of redneckish outbackers or whatever they call them in Australia. Um, they the style of them is like the guys from Anchorman. It's like it's like lamb chop sideburns. Yeah, but you're still talking about movie. These are people that I can drive where I drove yesterday. I'm just saying, go awesome. out of go through the town to the garage over there, and go a little bit on the edge of town to the trailer park over there, and I can go up to my hometown and walk down the street, and there they are. Like 1970s they're, looking. They're not of. 1970s. It's timeless that look. <laughs> the lamb chops, the, um, the tank top with the scruffy hair, hair and, mullet. No, it's not. It, chain it's of, actually like it's not just like I've grew a beard. It's like I've shaped a beard into. No, like a, they're not all shaped. I think I don't know who you're And then I've shaped at. my sideburns right down the, my cheeks. It's it's it's, it's like um, Brian Fontana from uh, Anchorman. That's what I'm thinking. But it's pretty. Well, awesome. you you haven't lived much, have you? In the country. No. In the country. 
<laughs> but um, it's almost like a, a throw. Like it seemed to me, like you say, timeless. I think if someone like, watches this and thinks any of those people are going to be like Brian Fontana, they're going to be like, "What the hell is he talking Brian about?" Fontana's in there. <laughs> there are no anchormen no in this kinds. movie whatsoever. There are some Brian Fontanas. No, they're not anchormen, but they've got his style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's pretty awesome with the mullets and uh, yeah there's mullets there's full on mullets there's um a Kevin Smith and we're not talking about a, uh, this isn't a period piece this is 2010 this is or uh, 2008 whenever yeah, it was made there's a, there's a full on Kevin Smith uh, Silent Bob style cut it's kind of like the semi underbelly of the middle class of any country I suppose if you go you get the same Australia also looks a lot physically looks a lot like America out in the country Kind of thing. Because this is like a smallish, not a village, but a smaller kind of city in a, around a bay. And then you've got a lot out in the country roads that they're driving around on. And it just looks like you just drove outside of our town. Yeah. I mean, it really does. England has a different look. It's a little bit different. Narrower anyway. roads, smaller yeah, cars, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. This has like full, like American looking cars. and. Oh, I disagree with that. Because all the trucks are little tiny things. They, and they the were cars utes, are little man. tiny things. They all had utes. Uh, That's the uh, Australian slang for a truck, flatbed truck, a ute. Ute. Yeah, I, I only know that because I used to watch Neighbours, which is a Australian soap opera. <laughs> and they very used international to go, here. They always used to say, "Go and put the stuff in the ute," and like I was I always used to think, "What the hell is he talking about?" And then figured it out. So and that was um, a good Australian accent right there. Yeah. Oh, we have to put O on the end. Mate. Go and put the stuff in the ute, oh, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I love Australians, by the way. So don't make fun. You love them, all of them. That'll be my next husband. I uh, like him. Someone from Australia. Paul Hogan, I like him. Not him. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile hunter. Not guy. interested. Don't talk about it, that's sad. He's dead. Yeah, but he's still got a body of work I that know. I can draw upon. I liked him in that show. Um, Alright, so uh, this um, movie stars David Roberts as Raymond Yale. Um, you will have seen him before in The Matrix. Um, he is the second one. He's in the second and the third one. Right. He's the um, <laughs> sort of like the authority guy in the robe that the one who, Neo talks to. Yeah, they, they also sit down in the yeah. You'll you'll know him. Yeah, yeah. when you see him, and that's all I know him from. You won't know him from that. You'll sit there going, who th- "I know this guy. Mm. I know this guy." I mean, I had to go and look him up. Um, I think he plays this really well. Really it's well. Like almost. It's he's subtle and like he's so stressed. And he's just calm, and but then you know, Bruce. He's like under the bit, most pressure ever, right? Yeah, he holds it together, like kind of. I mean, <laughs> so, sometimes he, yeah, yeah. But he, he does. It's like a. It's definitely like I said. It's a cautionary tale of you never know what's behind somebody's. You know, when you know them, you don't know them, kind of. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we've got Claire Van de Bloom as Carla Smith. Who I really like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything she's been she in. She looked I familiar, but no, I, I looked. I might have seen her in model pictures or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. She's really lovely. Really, uh, really good. Like every scene is. She was in the convincing, hundred percent convincing. There's never a moment when I'm not convinced of. And there, she gets a lot of those moments where she's just sitting and thinking, and like trying to process something. And I and she's. It sounds like you're sitting just watching people do nothing, but truly, to me, that's acting. Yeah. When you are looking in their mind instead of listening to their words or watching their actions, but that person's processing 
the thing they just did and they're making, you know, facial gestures or like <sighs> taking that deep breath or whatever it is, uh, it's so much more relatable than the pow, 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 action, action, action stuff. And then you've got Joel Edgerton, who plays Billy, and Joel Edgerton is the brother of the director, Nash Edgerton. <clears throat> and you'll have seen him before in um, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. He played the... Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. Um, he was in King Arthur. Um, As? Some name that I didn't know. Like, Gwendolyn. I <coughs> don't know who he was, but he was obviously in there. Um, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, space bar so it wouldn't uh, my screensaver wouldn't come on so yeah he, he um, I really like him I really like him and I, all the time I kept thinking I know that guy I know that guy I know that guy and I thought I was thinking I knew him more like I'd seen him in oh, he's not the things. leading man or anything but he's no he's, he's not a big part I mean yeah. he's you got the leading man and the leading woman and then you got a lot of peripheral people who are massively important but you realize when you think back on it they're, they're all it's all segmented so each person's they're just so good Every person has such an impact, I think. Every person. The quiet young girlfriend, that guy, the guy you're about to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, I I didn't list everybody. I listed uh, Anthony Hayes is the other guy who plays uh, Smithy. Yeah. Greg Smith. Um, He is intimidating. The character he plays is intimidating. Yeah, and then you get to see him in the extras and you're like, this is just a guy, but oh my God. And the instant you meet him. Yes, that's a good performance. You're like, like you want to just crawl away from him. And the way he treats his Sheila. They never say the word Sheila. No, they don't say Sheila, but that's a cultural thing in Australia. He um, Clearly, we think they all say Sheila all the time. No, they do. Uh, so this is directed by Nash Edgerton. And interestingly enough, it's his first his directorial debut. Feature film. For a feature film. He's made some shots. But before this, he was the biggest stuntman in Australia. Really? Yeah. I in movies. Know. Nice. Um, and he did it for like I think it was like 15 years of stuntman in stuntman in, and then he became a director. Wow! So, um, and when you look at his list of things he's done, he's been in all kinds of movies and TV shows, and it will say like you know car wreck and yeah. you know, all kinds of different stuff. Interesting. So that's interesting. Stuntman turned director. Somebody else was a stuntman turned actor or something recently. Yeah, I remember that too on something we were watching. Yeah, on extras. Anyway, um, I love his I, the first movie. Um, it's a stunning movie um, debut really for me because like it's it's almost almost perfect, like in terms of direction. I agree. I think it's really brilliant. Just like it doesn't have all like you know when you get first directors a lot of the time, it has all that where you where you say to yourself, "That's like straight out of film school." It's really crappy. Yeah. It's really. Like, oh, why, did they do, why did they do that and stuff? Well, he didn't. It's almost like he... And I liked... Like the, Repo Men. There was a lot of Film School 101 shit going that on. That was there. absolutely everything about it almost, wasn't it? It was just like... Cool school. This Too is cool for school. Cool. And, and th- <laughs> this guy's like... We're not, I'm not trying to make this cool. I'm, I've got a vision of it and this is what it, what it will be. And... Uh, the extras like gives you a bit of an insight. Well, I'll talk about it in a minute, but insight into this guy's brain. And I like how he was very unsure of oh, himself. Oh yeah, even and, at the end. And real humble. Like um, I don't even know if I'm doing a good job. It's like I don't even know if it's good. I'm not super confident. I'm just <laughs> could be here. crap. Yeah. Just, and I, I really like that. Yeah. That was a real insight into like everybody in Hollywood. When you see these extras and stuff, you think they're all 
super confident. Maybe not Kevin Smith, but like, like they're just doing the thing, and they just someone gave me a bunch of money to make a film, and we all know that filmmakers are so important that nothing I can do can be wrong. Kind this of guy attitude. almost was like it was the opposite to that, and that's what I really like. It give you a bit of an insight. Anyway, um, DVD uh, Blu-ray extras in this case. We're actually pretty good for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, because we've seen, like, big Hollywood movies that have nothing. I actually expected there to be none, because I thought, if this is a movie that was barely released here, and we've never heard of it, it's probably just going to be the disc, and that's it. I was going to say, I really like this. You you with your inserts. Um, That's good. uh, And this doesn't happen in uh, in big Hollywood budget uh, Blu-rays, but on the internal inside of the uh, Blu-ray... It's just the flip side of the paper cover. Yeah, but, I mean, they're generally just white. Yeah. This one has a a face peering through with water running down. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, I think the cover's fairly kind of crappy compared to what the film is. It sucks. It it's absolutely me horrible. It mm. has nothing to do with the movie. It has nothing to do with the vibe of the movie, the tone of the movie, the point of the movie. It's absolutely You know, horrid. if I see that on the shelf, in the DVD shop, I'm thinking it's kind of like a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It just does not, It doesn't look like the guy, even. No, it doesn't. It, it looks to me like it might be like a slasher movie. You know movie what? I'm almost something. inspired to write to them and say that cover is absolute shit. Yeah, they and then the care. back's just that... I'll be another Boring, complaint. like, let's yep. do loads of squares with the faces in them. Well, back to <clears throat> Anyway, so, extras on this disc include... Why wasn't the inside the cover? That was good. Yeah, it was, actually. You could turn it around. Um, so, the extras include a behind-the-scenes look at the... Which is really good. It's a 30-minute documentary. Completely fly-on-the-wall type. Like, like we've seen on the Paul Thomas Anderson, um, on Magnolia, for instance. It's just... There's a camera on the set... A documentarian and walk, it, follows everybody around. Yeah, and, it, and it's not necessarily asking them all about the movie all the time. It's just like, oh, we're in the production office. Let's who's in here, and then they just talk. Or he's just standing off to the side while they're filming a scene, and you just it just says down the corner like day one and then yeah. day seven. It's good. Then, it's really good. I mean, I love. Um, you, if you want to see a high budget version of this, um, Iron Man DVD, the John Favreau two hour. I am. Is, but that's good too. So. Yeah, that's good also. That kind of documentary, um, where it's just no horrible voiceover to, trying to hype it up, no quick cuts. It's just straight up. His and I felt like I I'd been on the set mm-hmm. for a few days and experienced what was going on. It even goes through to the to them showing the movie in a film festival. Um, so there's that. It lasts for about thirty minutes. Uh, there's deleted scenes. Um, as usual with deleted scenes they're deleted for a reason hmm. um, these ones are fairly uh, in standard def in that weird yeah. uh, I'm getting a bit sick <laughs> of that which turns you off like to the point of just not wanting to watch them yeah I want them to just like I mean they understand when they author these things right? they, even if they have to blow them up well they look kind of crappy anyway just make them fill the screen I mean it's not difficult <laughs> um, there's a music video which we don't really care for uh, and there's making of featurettes, which are like about um, previs and what was that? The, other one? Well, we don't want to talk about it because it'll give away something. No, exactly. No. Special effects. Yeah, um, and that's it. Even though that doesn't sound like much, because there's no. They're really good though. There is They're a, really good, a good set of extras. Yeah, yeah. There is no director's commentary, um, and for some reason, BD Live even. Oh yeah, this movie's not out till Tuesday. BD Live wouldn't work. For right. Me. It said uh, you cannot cannot get the update. Um, 
so it says a stroke of twisted genius on the back. I agree. I, I actually do. agree. I do too. I think it's. Um, Why couldn't they put a stroke of twisted genius on the front? I mean, uh, make the cover. They did put. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Film Council. No, certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that on one either, but I don't look that close. No, I mean, it's really small, but that's what it says. I was looking, though. Is that like a Cannes Film Festival? So if, if you're one of those people who gets guided by Rotten Tomatoes, they like it. Yeah, well, they yeah, like well, it. They liked it, yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a, for me, this is an absolute, I recommend it to everybody. I really enjoyed myself. Me too. Um, way more than I enjoyed Repo Men. Totally. I would watch this four times in a row. It's enjoyable, but it, I mean, it is. It's an enjoy, it's joyful to watch this, like, the story unfold and the feelings you get. You've got to like drama, though. Mm-hmm. If you're going and looking for wang bang like explosions, if that's you're going not going to work. Going and looking for repo men, you're not. Yeah, that none of that happens. If you're kind of if you're a fan of dark um, drama, I, I can't even. You'll be able to tell like from our recommendations. You'll know. Yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, you'll like this. So, and I highly recommend. I think it's really high up there on the chain with things like No Country for Old Men for me. Like, yeah. It's got what I really love about No Country for Old Men. It's that low down thing which I really like. Yeah, it's like super suspenseful. Yeah, but in your gut, you're and it just, makes you feel you're just waiting. Nervous. Yeah, because that guy in No Country for Old Men, whenever he steps on the screen, you're absolutely <laughs> nervous of what's going to happen. This has the same kind of thing, in a different way. Um, so I would. Uh, We're not saying Repo Man was horrible. We both had a good time, but it's not great. It doesn't give you any gutness when, like this. When, I'll gutness. remember this one. Exactly. I'll remember Repo Man. I'll remember Repo Man because of the kitsch of it. You know what I mean? Like the weirdness of the future I'll, guts, so to speak. Yeah. But this one resonates. Like, I, and it's not even one of those I'd want to watch again because I feel like I've got uh, everything. I don't know. It's, it's just high weird. quality. I, that's yeah. all I can say about it. It's like I agree. High quality acting, high quality direction, high quality everything. And I think it would inspire people to then go and find more movies they don't necessarily know about from other countries, you know, similar vibe. Not that you can know that ahead of time, but take our recommendations, for example. I'm going to say, oh, can I also mention? Yes. This in the extras. Possibly, it has a short film called The Spider. Oh, by, yeah. By... The same director. Oh, crap, yeah. It's possibly the best short film I've ever seen. Really good. I mean, really. I, I after I've seen a lot of short films, just shorts. I didn't know where it, I didn't know what it yeah, yeah. was. I think I still don't really. I, I, it's it's uncomfortable and it's it's cool. It's, yeah, it is. I, I re- it's got the same production values as this movie. It's not like a cheap throwaway thing. It's a it's really good. I mean, it's not high production values. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a made on the lowdown. I thought it was really good. I it is it, really good. It's got his direction. He's also in it. The director is yeah. the star of the... Well, the co-star of the uh, piece. Um, I didn't mention it. And he doesn't list that on the back. That, that oh, it's no, but it on. is the... Yeah. Um, it's almost worth... It's almost worth getting it to see that show. I agree. Movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know whether I would recommend seeing it before or after. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it matters. After. But yeah, it's a great little short film called The Spider. Um, I think after, because they're not associated with each other, and if you watch that, then you might have some expectation of the other, and mm. don't. So just watch it after, I think. So yeah, highly recommended this movie, um, and thanks to Sony for pr- uh, providing it. Are Thank you, you, Sony. Are you going to um, recommend? 
I feel like lick it like you're licking somebody's ass. Thank you, Sony. We love you, Sony. Well, they did send us. So but we also love every every mention. other time when we someone else them. sends us a we love you Disney we love you Warner Brothers we love, and we do I'm not I do I'm love not them complaining actually. I do love them actually to say if they send a good movie like that I do love them um, I particularly love Sony in our house we have lots of Sony stuff <laughs> so uh, are you recommending this I would recommend it highly I would to any too. adult person and I, I'm <laughs> I'm saying to Hollywood do not think that. This movie, The Square, people ignored it in America. And then when it comes out on Blu-ray on Tuesday and probably doesn't sell very many, they ignored it. To think, hmm, that was a really good story, let's remake it with Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, please don't. don't. Do I, don't know, I thought you were going to hold, like, oh, yeah. No, I it's totally the kind don't. of movie where they'd be like, oh, well, it is a good story, we just need stars in it. It's the kind of yeah, movie that like, somebody would say that. Big about. it up a little bit. No, Make no, no, no. Just, if you love it, how about promote it? Yeah. Promote that movie. You when know? you go into Best Buy on Tuesday and there's all the bullshit, and then there's the square. <laughs> we like, like we do flip. like some of the bullshit. Let's but not, what let's I'm, not saying, what I'm saying is flip your thing this week. Don't get your date night. Get your um the square. That's what I'm saying. And get the cube while you're at it, or cube, cube and the square. Get it? The cube and the yeah, square. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> loose. But um, no, they're not very loose at all. So next week's um, Blu-ray review will be five dollars a day on Blu-ray. Awesome! I don't know what that is either, so don't say. Um, Sounds like Rachel Ray, so I'm pretty sure that's not it. Nothing to do with Rachel Ray. All right, so um, movie recommendations this week. I'm going to recommend three movies. Uh, I just I, I had to copy put... you. Oh, you did. All right, I'm going to put The Last Seduction, John Dahl, um, film noirish. You know, on a similar tone of this, very low down, but very interesting twists and turns in the story. Um, Linda Florentino and Peter Berg. It's from quite a while ago, early nineties, but very good. Um, Separate Lies, which is Emily Mortimer and yeah. I always forget his name, British I'm... guy who's awesome. He is from <laughs> from uh, Michael Clayton. He is awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to come up with his name now. But yeah, Separate Lies. Separate Lies is very good. Very good, yeah. Um, and thirdly, uh, Sam Raimi's A Simple Plan, which is also, if you like that, you'll like this. Um, yeah. It's more of a cranked up thing. version of the real darkness. Mm-hmm. This has got darkness, but on a more... A I Simple mean, Plan. I, I don't think tons of people saw it because it was not super successful and if you like if you do like Sam Raimi's stuff like Drag Me to Hell and Evil Dead and stuff that would be a movie you might not have yeah and it's like the theme is it's not a horror movie choices and consequences I know every movie is stories about people making choices and dealing with the consequences but I mean this is actually these are like examinations of choices selfish you know, when you know you're doing the wrong thing, and then the consequences and how they unfold, and like a ripple in a pond effect. That's and, and it's excellent. A Is that a plan. genre? <laughs> ripple yeah, in a it's pond. Um, <laughs> really well acted, really well directed, and like really solid. Like and a, with that same kind of like, oh god, like you just yeah. never know <laughs> what bad things. It's very happen. similar to the one you're going to say now. I'm going to say Fargo. In tone, it's very similar. Fargo is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think of it. When I think of it, I feel like I've just plunked myself right in there. In the snow, in the tension, and then the casual kind of funniness of it. But it's not funny because it's so dark, but it's got, like, brilliant moments. Absolutely. 
I mean, in my mind, Fargo is just right, right up there. And this, I'm not saying this movie's going to rank as high for me as Fargo, but I'm saying while I'm watching it, I get the same sort of, ah, oh, I love the way this movie is going kind of feeling. That's you know? that Chicoan Brothers thing. And uh, the next one is Poltergeist. And it's not because it has anything to do with the same like story or anything at all. It's just that Poltergeist, to me, has the same low-budget feeling. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I don't know. I have no idea. No, it was quite high budget. But it's quite... There's a lot of... Um, um, I don't know why I would think of it. It's just that up-close-and-personal thing with people. And it yeah. seemed a little rough around the edges a bit. Well, and do you know who Poltergeist was directed by? No. It was directed by Toby Hooper. Who right. also directed a, a an American... Horror masterpiece, one would oh, say. Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre, which is also his filmmaking is kind of rough around the edges, but awesome. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's not. Well, just just one of my things. It just popped in my mind like that sort of. I don't know. You're plunked in now. That one's got extraordinary circumstances, you know, um, but you're plunked in with a family that's completely believable, and the set is believable, and the moments of the family and all that. It's totally like you're you're like, oh yeah, I, this is it. I believe this. Scared me to death as a kid. And then crazy shit happens. Did it scare you? Yeah, but I watched it like a hundred times. Do you know the snake crawling along? Yeah, <laughs> with the maggots. I that shit me up. I don't know why. Just <laughs> that, like that was. Oh no, the snake was crawling. The chicken had maggots. Yeah. And that that scene, that scene really freaked me out when I, I was young, and I, I was—I I can still see it now. I can still imagine the feeling I have every time it starts, and it's just the family and the shit, and and that that thing where she's looking at the TV, and you're like, no, 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 no. The two things. <laughs> well, you know when you, you know when you get a memory in your head when you mention, if I say to you, The Exorcist, there's a memory in your head immediately. One particular thing, it might be Linda Blair's head spinning round or yeah. whatever. Poltergeist. What comes in my head? It's not her looking at the TV. <laughs> it's the meat and the chicken, right? And then straight after that, it's the mother with the grey streak in her. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but like that's kind of to I, me I, the boy seeing the clown in the dark is one of the main things. And the when she starts to run the water in the bath when like the shit's all over and done with, and you're just like, ah. Oh, but you also have that feeling of like, what, wait. Don't don't run a bath. There's going to be blood. There's going to be something, and then you're just like, well, that's just one of my recommendations. If you haven't seen it for a long time, Poltergeist, the original. Don't mess with any. It's other actually out on Blu-ray as well. Um, and the other one is called The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. Now, this don't is know. a movie that I've thought of recommending in the past, and I never found it or looked it up. It's Jodie Foster as a young, like teenager. I'm going to say, um, it is a '70s dark, very dark. She lives alone. She wants to stay alone, and there's really weird uh, sexual tension, and there's some murder involved. It's just creepy as hell. I mean, it really is. Uh-huh. And it's a... Oh, well, you should watch it. Check it on Netflix or something sometime. But um, it's really... It's like that... You know, 70s movies have that sort of weird-ish, organic, kind of raw... You know, just because the nature of the film stock and the way that movies were, and really like sucks you into this dark world and it's really it's called The Little Girl Who Lived Down the Lane right I definitely don't know that one so I'll, I'll, I will be checking that one out yeah definitely alright so games and A-Scully stuff for this week this week I've been playing uh, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light which you didn't see but 
it's the latest in the it's not the latest in the Tomb Raider franchise because it doesn't have the name Tomb Raider in it. It's the latest in the Lara Croft uh, spin-off line. <laughs> Is she going any tombs? Do you know what? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I don't know if you could class them as tombs. Am I talking to this glass from now on so it sounds really cool? I don't know if you could class them as tombs. <laughs> but that yeah, I guess you could, but it's not typical Tomb Raider. Anyway, it's like isometric perspective from above and it's got a weird mechanic as in it's it's kind of like a dual stick shooter like you move her with one stick and you fu- you control the direction of shooting with the other stick not the camera if you get what I'm saying you don't move the camera yeah so it's quite different for a Tomb Raider game because that's never been done before it's not 2D it's 3D yet you don't move the camera and it's from above. So it's almost like Diablo meets Tomb Raider. It's like a map, or are you kind of at an angle from above? From an angle, isometric. Okay. Yeah, so it's... I don't know what isometric means. It means from an angle skewed to the side a little bit. <laughs> so Up above. What's interesting about it is um, it's a game that's primarily designed to be a co-op game between two people. Now, for some unforeseen reason, and I'm not sure what exactly it is some business decision was made that it's made to be a co-op game but at the very last minute just before they released it they took the co-op out of it and made it a single player game and this is the part that boggles my mind and then they said oh yeah we're going to put we're going to patch the co-op back in in two weeks so I don't know why that is a decision I think it's something to do with it's exclusive to Xbox Live Arcade at the moment for two weeks and then it's going on the PlayStation 3 and the PC and that incidentally is when the patch comes for the 360 to make it co-op there's some business decision in there Mm. of some kind to keep the co-op out of it for now so when the new other versions come out maybe maybe you'll buy both or maybe you'll buy two different ones I don't know what it is it's weird you can't co-op with if you're on the Xbox you can't play co-op with someone on the PS3 no, <laughs> I but mean, I, I don't someday get... they need to bridge that gap. But I don't think that's no. Now. <laughs> I don't. I don't get why, as it stands at the moment, it's a single player game, or a co op game where you both sit on the couch and play it on the same screen. Ugh. The girls were playing a game like that last. Yeah, night. but it's, it's not split screen. You're both oh, on. Right. The, you're both on the same screen. Really? Yeah, because it, it's kind of controlled. If I go running off, well, the screen doesn't scroll until you come with me. Okay. So that works fine as a, as a They were playing um, something with Nazi zombies. Yeah, Call of Duty. I don't think it was Call of Duty. Call of Duty World at War. It's no, it Nazi did not look mode. like Call of Duty. No, these are two teenage girls. It wasn't Call of Duty. Well, it the only not. game with Nazi zombies is Call of Duty World at War. I don't think so. Yep. Or Wolfenstein. You, I've seen you play Could Call of Duty. It wasn't that nice looking. Well, they might have been playing it in SD. It might have been a shitty TV. No, I mean, I'm talking about the whole thing of it didn't look that nice. It looked pretty, that I could see. I mean, it's like, the, it's like not the Call of Duty that I play now. It's the one before that one, like a year and a half ago. Mm. It was an add-on. Well, it wasn't an add-on. It was an extra mode in that. But yeah, it, it, I didn't. I never played it. Do teenage girls play Call of Duty, do you reckon? Well, they possibly have a Call of Duty. It's a popular game. I mean, mm. have they got a brother? Uh, he's ten. Well, he might like college. No. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light 
it's a very good game. Uh, it's a full game as well, which is interesting. It's um, quite long. I'm about halfway through it. I've probably played about eight hours of it. So I'm thinking it's like a 15, 16 hour game and it's a $15 downloadable title. That's good. It's not available on a disc. It's just on Xbox Live and PlayStation 3 and PC. A dollar an hour. Yeah, which is pretty good because like better than $60, right? For the same length. And it's got good quality to it. It's interesting. There's puzzles to be solved. Oh, I like puzzles. Yeah, there's a lot of puzzles where like... In typical Tomb Raider style, there's a door that needs opening, but there needs to be three balls in three different holes. They can figure out where the balls are and how to get them to the holes, that kind of deal, you know. So there are puzzles. Um, are there any new puzzle games coming out that I would like? Uh, yeah, Professor Layton is out in two weeks, the new one. <laughs> so um, I need to buy a new DS, don't I? Unless you're going to let me have yours. No, you're not having mine. I don't mean have it forever. Oh, what's wrong with yours? It's just the. It's not as bright can't see it as well. <laughs> yep. You need, you need like, one of the new DSs, those big-ass ones. XL. No, I need one of those things you see on those commercials for old people with the magnifier, magnifier. that square thing that you can lay So I have my DS. They used to have that, right, for the old uh, they did, Game for Boy. The Game Boy, yeah. Like, this big plastic uh, magnifying rectangle. With a light you, in it. You put up close to your face, and then the things up here, and it just... Oh, my God. <laughs> they had all kinds of junk, didn't they, in the, in the, in the past? Oh, my God, that's funny. So, yeah, that's Lara So Cop. you're saying, no, I can't use your DS. No. That's great. That's Lara Croft and the Guardian. Rude. That's Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, and I recommend it for fifteen bucks. If you like Tomb Raider, you know it's fully voice acted. It's got um, cutscenes. It's not just a. People think of these Xbox Live arcade games as just. I do half a game or whatever, or like a stripped down. Well, it's not. It's just a different take on Tomb Raider, and I really like that. This game would never have existed unless these downloadable services exist. It wouldn't have been... It's not the kind of game I, I think they would have even made to put on a disc. They would have just made another Tomb Raider. Do you think, by the time you finish it, obviously, and then next week when it's co-op, will that give you a whole... You'll play it all over again? Well, yeah, because they're adding the co-op all over Xbox Live. And apparently when it is co-op... At, at the moment, when it's single player, you play as Lara. Now, when it's co-op, she's got a partner who's this uh, tribal guy. He has different moves to what she has, mm. and he can... He has a shield and he can hold it up and she can jump on it to get up to places. Now, you can't do any of that in the single-player version. So you have to, like, use different... So apparently when you have to work together to solve puzzles, it's a lot different. It'll and be all the same puzzles. No, it's different. Oh, when good. you play it in co-op, it's a different layout. So, Excellent. So maybe them leaving it out for two weeks is cool because it gives people two weeks to play the single-player. to pay more for the co-op? No, it's a free patch. So then you could it could ultimately be a 30-hour game. Yeah, good, because you play it through again. And apparently the levels are different. This to- is what I've been talking about. Make it worth the $15 is a great price if you're going to play that game for 30 hours and enjoy it. And maybe spark you to then be like, oh, I can't wait for like the next Lara Croft. Fair enough, they might gut you for 60 bucks then. But I'm just saying that all makes sense. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is it, it's made by Crystal Dynamics, who are the main Tomb Raider team. The original. The ones who have it now. Like the ones who made the last three of them. Um, I thought they weren't very good. No, they're awesome. They're, they're oh, the right. ones who brought it back on par, basically. Um, so it's not like they just said to some other yeah, software yeah. house, make a Xbox Live Arcade Tomb Raider. It's like, no, we'll do a Tomb Raider game. So that I think that shows. Um, so I think that was the best of all of the summer. The summer of arcade is over now. Um, so I, I should get my 400 points back, because I bought three other games. So I'll probably get Lara Croft for $10, not 15 Nice. So, 
So yeah, the second game I played this week isn't as um, good, and it's Kane and Lynch Two Dog Days. Now, the original Kane and Lynch was horrible. I have to admit, it was horrible. I, d- I didn't even got I got about four levels in and just turned it off. It was so bad, and there was a lot of games at the time come out, so it was like, do I really want to play any more of this? And then I went back to it again about six months later when I didn't have anything to play, thinking, well, I might as well finish that one off. And I couldn't finish it off because it was so bad. I mean, it was glitchy as hell. It was horrible. Now, Kane and Lynch 2 is a huge improvement from the first one. Graphically, it looks really good compared to the other one. But they missed some things out. And what they missed out was fun. <laughs> there's no there's no fun at all in the game. It's like... It's a shooting game. It's kind of... It's a co-op game or it's a single-player game, and if you're single-player, your co-op guy, your other guy is played by the computer. Um, it's very much like EA's Army of Two games. It's almost like they ripped that gameplay off, but didn't make it as good. Um, but it has this visual style, which is the one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It's like um, I t- tried to tell you, it kind of makes you feel sick when you're playing it because awesome. What what the idea was, was to make, like Cloverfield, to make the game look like it was filmed on a cell phone or a small camera. Um, so this game has these effects such as pixelization, like every so often, like, um, like you know, when you're watching an MPEG video and it yeah. kind of gets blocky. kind of gets blocky occasionally, so it gives it this dirty kind of snuff movie kind of feel is all I can kind of liken it to like you've seen the movie 8mm those movies that they okay I was going to say not like you watch a lot of snuff movies no like um, I've, I've never seen one I know you don't but you know what I mean like it's real gritty 8mm the camera's real wild as well it's like when you walk in it it moves violently as in like it doesn't really get to me but I could imagine people being me. feeling sick um, you can turn that camera bob off as well in the options but I left it on because I wanted the full experience Um, and then it has this weird when a bright light source is shining into the camera it kind of fucks the camera up it kind of you know when you know if you're filming me with a camera and I shine a bright light in the camera there's all these weird blue and Mm -hmm. red kind of it does that occasionally when there's a light shining at them so and it's hard to explain it. It's like 60 frames per second, so it feels real, real... So are these things the good things about the game? Yeah, this is what's okay. good. So the visual style, the graphics are amazing. But the shooting is so dull and dry. It's like these two guys are like criminals, right? Um, Kane and Lynch. Uh, in fact, Hollywood believe in it so much they're making a movie of Kane and Lynch, which I, it boggles my mind because the story's really lackluster. I can't imagine it making a good movie unless... The movie's nothing to do with the games. Um, it's two criminals. Uh, one's kind of psychopathic. He's taking drugs to kind of clear that off. And one's the cool-headed guy. Okay, so you're talking about the brothers from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, very much like that. bit more psychopathic than, than the, them even, the guy. I mean, he's an, he's an absolute nut. Like, um... He'll, he'll just if he's having a bad day, he'll kill anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's he's completely nuts. But there again, they try and show the human side of him in this one that he's got this girlfriend and he's trying to make me, trying to make his life better. But then what do they do? They go on a mad killing spree where you kill, literally in this game, 
hundreds of cops, right? I mean, it's mainly killing cops, army people. It's mainly killing good guys because you're bad guys, obviously. So who would be after you apart from other bad guys? So it's just like, it's kind of mean-spirited almost when you're playing it. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm not approved for violence or anything like that, but it it's real, like, super violent. They use the C word a lot in this game, which is... Not cousin. No. Different. Because you don't generally hear that word in a game. But it all seems like... And that doesn't bother you either, because you like swearing. No, you use the C word a lot. But the thing is, I, think, I feel like they... It's all too cool for school. Like, kind of like Repo Men was. Uh, I get you. Like, 20 like something, what can we 20 do? 20-somethings in a room, and I'm not being bitch. I'm saying this is how it seems to play out. Picking and thinking... I don't know. Like, everybody's hyped up on... Red Bull all the time or something and just need like dynamic and power and it's gotta be cool and it's gotta be this violent. And, like yeah like it's gotta be so violent it's like calm down um but yeah and the story's like like people were saying well you should stick with it because the story's really good well the story's not really good because the story's one of the brothers the psychopathic one is in Shanghai he's not seen his other brother for two years he's got a girlfriend He's settling down in Shanghai. But then he wants to do this last deal to get some money. You know, he can't do something uh, legit. He has to do this dodgy thing to get some money to go off into the sunset with his woman that he's met and be non-psychopathic anymore. You know, like, this woman's calmed him down. One last big score. So he phones his brother up. Do you want to come and help me? The brother comes over to Shanghai... Are you going to spoil anything for people? The shit is the fan. Um, And then... You kill loads of cops. (laughs) Trying to get away from the shit in the fan. Um, There's there's one level where you're completely naked. The entire level. That was kind of interesting. Because I've never really... Played as a naked bloke. Why does that matter? It it was just kind of unexpected. It's like actually a... Torture slash naked sequence unexpected I kind of thought that was pretty cool because it was like really are we gonna we're gonna do this whole level like this is I love it when men get all weird about male nudity but if you were a naked chick running around naked you wouldn't give a shit I, I didn't go with um in fact you're not the only one do you know keeping in this um gritty style of this game they use the mosaic blur over their parts so and it fits because the the game kind of looks like that anyway it looks like CCTV footage. And if you saw that on the news and there was somebody naked, you'd see a mosaic-y thing, wouldn't you? So, mm. Or a blur. So they do it really well. I just, I can't get it. I, in fact, I'm, I'm on the last level. All oh, right, so you're playing it through. Yeah, I'm on the last level now. I'm basically leaving Shanghai. Trying to. And I've almost lost my um, urge to play it. And the reason being, Mafia 2... And right now you're talking yourself out of it even more. <laughs> I'll finish it, because it's like, what, ten minutes I've got to go, and then oh, I get right. a couple of achievements. So I will do it, but I can't recommend it. Um, if there were no achievements, would you finish it? No. No, I, I would I would just get the, like, and you finish the game achievement. So how much did that game cost? That game, $60. Oh my goodness. No, it's not. It's absolutely not worth $60. Um, not even if you like that kind of game, because there's so much... There's so many more better games than it. Um, so the other game I'm mentioning was Mafia 2, which actually comes out this Tuesday. Um, this is a game I've been waiting 10 years for. 
<laughs> it was one of my favorite games on the PC. It was, I, I have remember. to say, um, because it came out just after Grand Theft Auto got popular, and it was a different. It was before everybody had ripped off Grand Theft Auto left, right, and center. It was like it was the first ones to rip it off. Here, yeah, here's <laughs> here's a rip off of Grand Theft Auto, but it's a completely different time period. It's a different story. It's the kind of st- I love mob stories. I always have loved mob stories, and it's set in the 1930s. Now, Mafia 2, which comes out this week, is the sequel to Mafia, set in the 1950s, um, and it looks... I've played the demo. Um, Why do boys like Mafia stories? Gangsters I, and shit. I can't is tell like, you. You want to be one of them? You want to act like them? No, not at all. Um, for me, I just... I really like the period that it takes... I mean, obviously I like The Sopranos, which took place in modern day, but... I you like, secretly think like you want to be that guy? No. Truly. I mean, I'm not saying, no, I'm not remember, afraid no. you're going to turn into I'm saying, why do men like it so much? I don't get it. I just like the the style and the... So without all the killing and the crime, you would still love it? No, because you like the mafia part. So you like the killing and the crime and the heists and all that shit. So there's something about it. Yeah. And this one being set in the 1950s... And I played the demo and the music and it's Buddy Holly and all that kind of stuff. Really is a cool era. I mean, obviously I never experienced the 1950s. um, But with these kind of games, you can get sucked into a period. Like everything, the music, the way people look, the whole thing, you get get sucked into that vibe. You know, like you can play, I've said to you, Grand Theft Auto, drive around the city, feel like you're in New York City. With this, you can feel like you're I don't know where it's set. It's a, I think it's a fictional city, but in the 1950s. So yeah, it follows a mafia story. I think it starts with you, Vito guy, getting out of the army because um, the war had just took. Well, mm-hmm. and he gets out of the army and back to everyday life with his friends, who while he was in the army are starting to become kind of mini mobsters. You know, during that period, so. It seems to me like he, your main guy, is not like a violent asshole, but gets sucked into it, which a lot of those mafia stories are, aren't they? I you try know? to get out, and they suck Some me back in! So, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> mafia 2, it comes out on Tuesday, I mean, ten years since Mafia. I think it will be good. Let's hope. Uh, and then, I'm sure you'll talk about it next week. And then the book I've been reading this week uh, is Catching Fire. I'm, I'm right at the end of it, which is the second Hunger Games. It's Catching Fire, do you need your cup of water over there to... Uh... <laughs> but I'm bum. So, I'm yeah, full that, of the comedy. That's the second in the Hunger Games books. Um, luckily for me, I've got 20 pages left, and the third in the Hunger Games books comes out on Tuesday as well. Is number uh, two as good as number one? No. Um, I don't think it is. Um, I still think it's pretty good. But Smell our supper cooking? I still think it's pretty good, but I don't um, think it's as good as the first one. But that happens with a lot yeah. of things. Um the newness wears off, and now you're. Just... You know, if I see them as a movie, if I see them as a movie, it's going to be a movie trilogy. I'm assuming because they're making the Hunger Games movie. If I see it as a trilogy, the second one is way more expensive looking than the first. One. Do you get <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like the first one was kind of basic. Totally. The second one is really jazzed up, like just just like uh, day and night. That one, the. Russian vampire one. The first Day one's Night cool, but the second one they ramp it all yeah, up, that, and, and that's how I see these movies. Yeah. Because she, as a writer, said 
to herself. I'm, I'm assuming, yes, I know what I did in the first book and people liked it. Well, it has to be... Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it does when you're writing a story because you can't just do the same thing. It sure. has to be changed. So I'm interested to see where the third one goes, but I don't want to spoil anything. So And people will get to see these as movies next year because they're under production. So um, Hunger Games number three is called Mockingjay. And that is out on Tuesday. You know the cool thing about the Nook, the uh, Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader that I bought? If there's a book that's coming out, like this one's coming out on Tuesday, if you buy it on the Nook, it delivers it at midnight on Tuesday when it comes out. So you don't have to go and line up for a book. Or... Nice. So you can sit there with it open and on at midnight it will be there for you to read, which I think is cool. And they only charge... This is a brand new book. One of the New York Times bestsellers, uh, this Hunger Games series... It's out on Tuesday. If you buy it on the Nook, it's $6. Oh, right. Which is like... So you're tempting me to buy my own Nook, honestly. $6 is nuts for a book. I feel like people who read are smarter. Maybe if I read, I'll be smarter. <laughs> I um, have been using this website called Goodreads. I don't know if you've saw, seen my status updates on uh, Facebook. I don't read them. Well, it's like... Um, <laughs> it's like... you When you read in a book... You go on Goodreads and you look it up and then you say, I am reading this book. And then it publishes it to Facebook to say to people, I'm reading this book. And you, you can rate the book as well. Oh, yeah, I have seen those, yeah, yeah. And see whether, you know. Now, I've been made a few... You can make friends on Goodreads as well. Your friends are people who like the same kind of books as you. And they recommend... They're, they're, you'll get little updates like Facebook status updates that say, your friend who read The Hunger Games is reading this this book... And I look and I'm, I'm like, well, that sounds really interesting. And it's kind of, because nice. it's, it's really hard, I find, as I was going to say, as a new reader. I've not read for a long time, but I've started reading again. It's really hard to know what to read and what you'll like, I find. So I recommendations. Reading is a lot more of a commitment than an hour and a half worth of movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yes, it really is. I mean, these books, they take me about a week to read a book. Which And we put out all the nook and the books and the pricing all aside. You can go to the library. If you yeah. want to read. If I want to read, I could go to the library. I'm just really super lazy. <laughs> so a little device I can hold in my hand and make the font bigger and buy shit just right there. You know, it's very tempting. It's pretty cool. And um, the uh, books are reasonably priced and... Do they make them in orange? Yeah, you can get different colored backs for them, you know. Oh. Um, but the Hunger Games series, for instance, it they're about 370 pages, the books. That takes me about a week to read, I've found. So, like, that, this other book I'm reading, I forget what it's called about the space thing. It's like a... Is, I'll, I'll say, say what it is next week, because mm-hmm. it's the next one I go on to. But um, that one's, like, 700 pages, so it's a pretty long one. Um, but it's, I, I find a 400-page book takes me about a week. It probably would take you about... Books will never go away, will they? Let's just hope people don't stop writing books. I know there's a lot of shitty books in the world. There's a lot of books that aren't that super snotty literary people don't consider books, just like you and I don't consider some movies worthy of whatever. You know what I mean? We're all snobs mm. to some degree. But I've heard people say, people write books still? <laughs> like, Yeah, that boggles my mind. Um, you know what? Really you know what, as well? A... As like a weird... Um, I've, I've said to a few people, oh, I'm reading this book, and they go, oh, you read books. Yeah. It has a bit of a... Um, like, Stigma? Yeah, why though? I mean, books. It's the same thing. Like, if I say to somebody, "Oh, we watched all the Lord of the Rings this week," and they're like, "You sat on your butt for nine hours watching movies—that's waste of your life." It's like, 
What did you do? Watch a football game all day on Sunday? Ooh, that is well spent time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess we all There's do that. There's a stigma to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, There's a stigma to video games, There's a stigma obviously. to say people don't eat meat. Yeah. People get this find, weird attitude. I find most things I partake in. There's a stigma to. So. You're married to a round woman? That's got to give you some kind of stigma. You're not married I'm to saying, like, um... Um, I'm into video games. That's kind of looked down upon. People say, oh, you know, we play video games. Uh, yeah, people have commented to me. Like, oh, what, is that well, all your husband does? People in general will say, if you play video games, in general, people say, people think that's all you do. Yeah. Like, just play video games 24 hours a day. Like, that's, there's nothing else, just that. Um, same with movies, I think. Yeah. If you watch, like, loads of movies or TV shows... People think that's all you do. But if you listen to us, we do loads of things. That's what I mean. You play games, you read the internet, we do a website, we both have our own websites, we do this podcast, we watch the movies, we watch some TV, I draw, you run on the treadmill. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like oh, I play video games, so when I wake up, I hold a controller, and then when I go to bed, it's the same controller. Now, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to say that that's not a good thing when you really love something. And I will do that when there's a, exactly. a good get right Mafia exactly. 2 this week. When I, I get a new Sims, I am literally every, I bought a new laptop so I could have the Sims with me every minute. So I understand that, but then for me it kind of fades, and I want to move on to something else, it's and then I'll anybody. come back and forth. But some people, you say, you know, if I say, oh, I spent Sunday afternoon, like, drawing, and they're like drawing like just sitting inside drawing and, then <laughs> and I was like and then, how can you not understand that I like something to, that I get the same enjoyment out of that as you would sitting around outside in the fucking heat with your friends yeah, you'd be like, what barbecuing did you, do? you know what I mean like, like, what do you do they go oh I sat on the deck looking at we went to the lake at, went to the lake all day or I, was, I, was in the, I was just looking, at the, looking in the garden see we're yeah. snobs because we think that seems like wow but yeah, um, there was a whole discussion. There was a whole discussion about that on a podcast I listened to this week called Weekend Confirmed. They were talking about how when they say to their other friends, "I play video games," the kind of mm, yeah, roll their eyes at you, roll your eyes, or oh, haven't you grown up yet? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, just shit like that. It's like it's oh, sh- just shut up. If I <laughs> just shut like up. yeah, you know what I mean. I like movies and games. Uh, you like. The the kind of people who say that kind of shit like what are often the opposite. They opposite like to sports yeah. and um, going outside and what jet skiing and stuff. That I guess. kind of thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't live. I don't live that life, so I don't know. And I'm not looking down on it. I'm looking across at it. But when you get the constant thing where they're looking down on you, you get a little defensive. Like, yeah, and if they say something to you like, "Oh, that's a waste of your life," well, it's my life. <laughs> I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying it, you know what I mean? What are you doing? Curing cancer? Shut like, up. Uh, if I quit doing all them things that I like and did the stuff that you do that I don't like, that's going to be so much better for And me. you know people do that. You have to know to that To try and get pe- the stigma yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Or not even that, but they just go with that flow. You know, some like, dude growing up in high school thinks, well, I better play football or my friends will think I'm a weirdo and I better do be jockey and like I better I do love, this. I love video games. Like, like a kid thinking... I love video games. I, when I get home from school, I just want to play video games. It's yeah. awesome. But my friends uh, who don't play video games and play sports, and I never go to the sports, they just call me a geek and all that. Yeah. But yeah, it probably does. So I better just. Get, yeah, you know, I faced that because all I. I mean, this wasn't necessarily healthy. I'm not saying it's healthy to go straight home from school, make a pan of fried potatoes or a bowl of macaroni and cheese, pan full of macaroni and cheese, and I wanted to watch TV from the moment I got home until I fell asleep at night. 
first thing I wanted to do was crawl in front of the TV again and watch TV until I absolutely had to go to school. Now, this included everything. Johnny Carson at night, Tom Snyder at night, first thing in the morning, the farm report. I was, like, addicted myself to the feeling of just getting lost in that box. I loved it, right? And my friends thought I was, like, it's just weird. It's just weird. But I did it. And then uh, the times when I did go out with them and stuff, I enjoy my friends a lot. And I did when I was a teenager. But 90% of the time, all I would rather have been doing was at home, sitting on the couch, eating a pizza by myself, watching HBO. You know, that was what I would have enjoyed. But sometimes I went with the flow and went out and went out with the friends and got drunk or some of them getting in trouble and me thinking, can we just go home now so I can sit on the couch in my pajamas and watch TV, watch some movies, you know? So the point is, um, we all do what we like. Yeah. Um, as long as you're like, don't have a problem like, with what somebody else is doing because they don't do what you do. As long as you're, what you like isn't hurting people or isn't hateful. Well, Jack. Racist, horrible, yeah, exactly. Serial killing, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, just because if you're on the other side, if you're the sports guy and you think the movie watcher guy is a nerd, well, so what? Yeah, what has he got to do with you anyway? His, like, his lifestyle's not going to infect you to no. where he's going to make you want to come and sit and watch movies <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so yeah, there's a there's the run for this week. So what have yeah. you got this week? This week I have what's for dinner, and we can smell it right now. I put everything in the oven to roast for a while. On really low. We have corn on the cob, potato, sweet potato. I'm going to make some cauliflower and mash those things together. Make like a mushroom. Got a portobello mushroom in there roasting all chopped up with some olive oil. I'm going to make like a gravy with it. It's either going to be Morningstar sausage gravy with the mushrooms or corn chicken bits or whatever they are. They're not chicken, but roasted garlic. I may maybe make some pasta. There's an onion going to get thrown in there somehow. I just think it all sounds and smells really good. Particularly the mushroom gravy. I love that stuff. Yeah, I do too. Love it. And then uh, last night, yesterday, we had made plans for me to meet up with three of my best friends from high school. I mean, I'll say from high school. That's 30 years ago. One of them is my first cousin, so she's been my friend my whole life. And the other one I didn't meet till my junior year in high school when she moved to our town. She happened to live in this town where we live now. So, And we, I drove two and a half hours to get there. Really hot because I'm too. I'd rather spend my hundred dollars on something else than to fix my air conditioning in my car. So I was hot and sweaty and poofy by the time I got there. But they don't give a shit. And we went to a winery and I forget the name of it, but it's a near Kirksville, Missouri. It's like a stables kind of a place. It's a big barn and you could go in looking at it like it's pretentious and whiny, you know, wine people, not wine o people, but you know. They do wine testings and stuff, tastings and stuff there. But it's really relaxing. You're completely surrounded by the woods. You're in this big open barn thing. They had a couple of dudes playing some music. Well, they were kind of warming up when we got there. One guy was barefooted. And then they kind of started singing, like, some classic rock songs. A couple Is of, this inside? It's inside, but it's all open. The ends of the barn. Um, no, no. Because I don't know why. It was, <clears throat> it was all open. They had big fans inside, but they're not loud. Because it's so hot outside. But the ends, it's like a barn where they've opened the great big huge doors and both ends. So maybe later in the evening you'd be bugged up. I don't know. But um, they don't serve food or anything. So we get there. We got a bottle of wine. It was really good. I'm not a huge wine fan. But this is like really dark red, sweet, sugary wine. So that was really good. I must say, I got off very easily. The first bottle of wine one friend bought. I offered to buy the next one. But then one another How much friend, does a bottle of wine cost? Those were 12 that's not bad. No, no, not at all. The other friend shows up. You know, she was a few minutes later. She bought the next bottle of wine. So I'm like, cool. When, then we decided to go to dinner to this little 
used to be a country kitchen. Now it's a Mexican restaurant called the Blue Agave or La Blue Agave or whatever Mexican restaurant. And we were just talking to, and one uh, one of my friend's husband came along too, and he was just really funny. And he was like, I think he was marveling at that we could all laugh at anything. And at one point in dinner. We started buzzing around, like, we're all reading the menu, but we all discover we all have to get out our stupid reading glasses. And one mm. of my friends just had to get her bifocals made. I mean, we're 42 years old, for God's sake. So her, the, like, progressive bifocals, you can't see it. So she kept tilting her head all night looking, looking. And then we all got out our reading glasses and we're laughing our asses off. We've already drank two bottles of wine, obviously, amongst us. And the other thing that's weird about getting older is our first thing I wanted was to have water the whole time. I bet I drank... Eight glasses of water and maybe two and a half to three glasses of wine. Because <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to get that. You know, it's hot and I don't want to get that <clears throat> whiny feeling, but I want to drink it. But I don't want to get a buzz or anything. You're just, you know, so we all drank tons of water. And we're passing around our, <laughs> our reading glasses to each other like, oh my God, yours are so strong. Oh my God, oh my God. And then we get off on other topics. One friend, I said, do you all have passports? Because I'm going to Germany in a couple weeks. And I'm like, I don't have a passport. And my one friend said, I think I have a passport. <laughs> Some little kid came up selling these cards once, and my other friend, who apparently was with her at the time, is shaking her head and looking at us like, oh my god, she's going to tell this story, and she said, so this little boy was selling these little cards for something, and she goes, I'm pretty sure he said something about passport, and I'm like, you mean like a passport to buy fast food? Wait, no, no, I think it's something, but there's something about passport in there. I'm like, you did not buy a passport from a kid on the street for $10, and we're all (laughs) laughing, so then none of us could read it. Even with our reading glasses, it's like she got it out. It's like the tiniest print. So the husband of one friend's reading, and he's like, you get $10 off Pizza Hut. You get $10 off of Polly Eyes Pizza, which right. is another place up there. And then he's reading it, and she goes, no, no, no. I know there's something on there about passports. I know it. And he gets on, and he goes, oh, here you go. You go to the post office, right, when you get your passport, or go to wherever it is, yeah, not the post can. office. Uh, so yeah, you can get <laughs> your passport photo. For five dollars instead of ten dollars, and she's like, "See, I told you." I'm like, "That isn't." So yeah, I did but that's not your passport. And the, it does. It sounds lame when I'm retelling it to people, but I'm telling you, in the moment, we're all laughing our heads off. It's like the best feeling, and we were all together for only about. I was home by what twelve thirty, so I drive for two and a half hours to get there, drive home, I had the time, and I'm home by twelve thirty, and I left at three thirty in the afternoon. Probably so. three hours. Three to four hours, and it was just. It was just wonderful. It's like, you know, like you get to capture a few moments. And we only do this like once a year. So it was really totally worth it. And then, like I said, so we get to dinner and everybody's ordering. And I said, and I'm clear up against the wall. We're in a booth and there's three of us on this side. And then the other two friends on the other side. And I said, now when that ticket comes, because he was bringing it around, I said, I am paying for dinner because I haven't bought anything else. And the husband is, of course, on the outside of the booth. And he didn't say anything. And the ticket comes and I reached for it and he grabbed it up, of course. So all I had to buy was like twelve dollars worth of gas. That's all right. Good I night. know it's so awesome. So next time I'm buy- and I'm gonna get my friend that laptop cable. That'll be my kind of because her kids can't use their laptop. But it's just a lovely thing to go back. And I won't say old friends because that seems rude because we're not old. But when you have friends that you just haven't seen, but they make you really really happy. Get together. Don't bring up anything that you might disagree on. We don't all agree on anything, hardly, when it comes to, like, religion. Or they've all got children. I have none. We don't agree on politics. We don't agree on, you know, he. the husband works at a meat plant. And he said he joked and said something about I'll have to get Sid um, into the meat 
something or other, and I'm like, John, I ate meat for 40 years, so yeah. I'm not exactly out of the club. I'm just saying, I, you know, he's like, oh, I know, and we didn't. There's no animosity about it. Just talk and laugh about any old shit, you know. And I think that's that's a good thing. It's a really good thing, even if you got to drive four hours in one day. I was so exhausted too, just from driving, and I don't understand. Maybe the heat. I don't know. Well, it was eight hours driving, right? No, two and hours oh, there right. and back. So you know. About four and a half. Yeah, it's still bad. driving any distances is. Uh, and it was tight. hot the whole time, like sweaty, and you know, so who knows? When you're, I don't know, but it was just a really good time. So call some of your friends that you haven't spoken to in a while and drink wine, and don't start talking about bullshit like the economy and anything like that. Just talk about the craziest, weirdest things. Laugh about shit. Laugh about getting older because nobody talks about it until you get with your friends and you go, oh my god, my boobs are sagging. It's driving me crazy. And then your friend looks at you like, I totally understand. And you're, and then that's it. That You don't have to talk about it anymore. It's just the funny, you know, funny little things. It's just awesome. I loved it. All right. And that was uh, it. So um, thank you for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can... Uh, catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can subscribe to this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe with anything. Anything that supports RSS, including Google Reader. Or I Google. Yeah. So um, you can email feedback to me at ascoliascoli.com and don't email Sid Talk and stay classy. There's nobody in this movie I can say say stay classy apart from all of them. Yeah. Um, including that director. Stay classy the Engelbert brothers or whatever the last name Edgertons. is. Edgertons. <laughs> I want to definitely want to see more from Nash Edgerton. I agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. And the, the brother... Uh, in fact, uh, after seeing the movie and then I was thinking I want to see something else by him but there is nothing. Yeah. That little short film on the thing was like a good... Uh, like a, uh, he has another one called Fuel. He does. Which, Maybe you can find that one. Yeah. So there you go. And I'm going to say think for yourselves... Because if you don't, somebody will be very happy to do it for you. <laughs>